Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is brought to you in association with very.co.uk. Topshop has landed at Ferry. Check out the latest range and must-have pieces. Head to very.co.uk and order online now. Hi, welcome back to Open Mind with me, Frankie Bridge. Today I'm really excited because I've got the Matt twins on. I've got Alana. Hello. And Lisa. Hi, pal. McFarlane. Uh, they're identical twins from Scotland. They're known as being the UK's hottest young media personalities. They are DJs. They make music, radio and TV, as well as being able to entertain live audiences, both big and small. But I've asked you to come on here today because you guys do a load of stuff about gut health and gut health and how it affects our mental health. Mm-hmm. And that's been like my new thing that I've been interested in lately, as well as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of like started you on this gut journey in the first place? So obviously we were kind of DJs by night uh, and living quite a hedonistic lifestyle, really. Loads of late hours eating rubbish. We're brought up in Scotland, so we're basically brought up on deep fried pizza and chips and mm-hmm. softies. Cool. So we're like the last people in the world that we thought we'd ever be talking about gut health. But we volunteer for Twin Research, which is a research facility at King's College. And we basically did that because you essentially get a free booth test and you go right. and you get everything checked. And everyone's like, medical research, do you, ha- do you get paid a grand to take Viagra? And you're like, not really. Um, <laughs> you um, don't get paid. Yeah, we don't get paid. But they look into everything. So like bone density, mental dexterity, Mine is a lot higher than Alana's, FYI. Oh, really? For that, for that t- test, you get asked to name animals, right? And Alana was just like, cat, dog. I was Aye. like, puffin, pigeon. Like, <laughs> Lisa reeled up about 40. I would never I have gone with puffin. I mean, no. That's I was even like, in my... cat, dog, giraffe. <laughs> Mouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your bone dexterity was a lot higher, though. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Which means I'll probably live longer, so... Yeah. Yeah, oh. You know. <laughs> Ouch. But when we were on that journey, so the... Without getting too sciencey, we'll try and like put a bit of science in. But the Human Genome Project had just happened, so that's when they could sequence DNA and use big data to sort of make assumptions about people's health, which now is commercialised with DNA tests and stuff. And they realised that they could use the same technology to sequence your gut, so your gut microbiome. So that just happened in the States, and they do a lot of research on twins because we have exactly the same DNA, obviously, and they're quite a good variable for scientific research. Um, so Tim Spector, who leads uh, leads the research facility there, was like, do you just want to have your guts tested? And we're like, I'm sure, what do we have to do? And he's like, you have to send your poo off in the post every day for two months. Oh, wow. I, was I, like, don't, I don't sure. even poo every day. I mean, literally no. I mean, in the post. news alert. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, I would really struggle with that. Yeah, yeah well, and they were just kind of like, wait, even when you can, but then you get really stressed out. Yeah. Because they'd be emailing you like, do you have another one? You're like, wait, <laughs> God, do you have another you, poo? Yeah. You'd literally have to put it in the post box. Yeah. Like, go to the post box. Oh, yeah, my God, do you think the, post the postman box. knows? I know, I was like, well, please mail it. 
<laughs> but um, and then we had to have like three colonoscopies, which we didn't oh, realize nice. how like invasive they were yeah. until we started to sign the waiver form. And I was like, "Wow, this is quite a lot of pictures." Three, like how close together? Yeah, and the doctor it was like it was like a month apart, wasn't it? Yeah, and so the doctor- colonoscopy is when they put a camera up, up your bum, bum. up yeah. your bum, just so in case yeah. people. Don't yeah, 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 and and you get to watch it as well. If, oh, if you've no, never I had one, no, I didn't watch no, it. No, I, watch it like a I was screen. not watching. <laughs> Wee bits of poo floating past. And that. Really? But the oh, doctor was really hot that was doing it, and he was like, So, where do you live? Kind of town? And you're like, Oh my God, you've actually got a camera up my bum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, luckily, so we t- I text all the scientists being like, If you get nothing out of this medical research, I'll be absolutely furious because I've just had a camera up my bum. With some yep. guy asking me if we're all going to date in this town. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, luckily, they realised, so we did like two months of experiment. So, like, one month we had to eat just processed foods and uh, drink loads of alcohol, which for a, for the first week's like, way. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, this is actually quite painful. And then the second week we had to have, use, like, variety and fibre and stuff. I can get onto that in a bit. But they realised from our bodies that even though we have 100% the same DNA, we only have 30% the same microbiome and guts, which is the same as strangers, essentially. Right. Um, so that means a couple of things. It means that you're obviously not born with it and you can change it, so it's mm-hmm. not your DNA. And also that you can change it within about two weeks. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have bad guts, there is hope. Um, <laughs> but so they, they did that, then they studied like 200 other sets of twins after us and then the public and they realised that this was a thing. So we obviously became really fascinated by it because we were speaking to scientists from like the heads of Parkinson's research, immunologists, like it wasn't just gastroenterologists that were part of the research. Yeah. So we were like, oh, let's just do a little YouTube series interviewing some of the scientists. Because if our pals knew this, they'd probably start to change the way they thought about yeah. diets. And also, like, if we can't be sold the same thing as twins, that one-size-fits-all model mm-hmm. that we work that's currently and that all the clean eating backlash and all that nonsense and detox teas and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the perfect storm at that time for somebody to be coming at it with scientific background. Anyway, did a little YouTube series. Six episodes turned into 36 episodes. Oh, blimey. And we set up the gutstuff.com I mean, Alana, it was like, Alana made a little shit Adobe Photoshop logo <laughs> which <laughs> apparently looked good. like a gut. I was like, that's shit. Um, and it was meant to look like a microbe. It was meant to look like a microbe. I was like, like certainly looks... Sisterly, uh, yeah, I know, it. certainly looks Savage. like bacteria. So I set up the gut and it was just like putting scientific papers up and then the New York Times hailed gut health, as everyone knows, as like the kind of new trend for 2017. Yeah, and now we have an office with going up to 12 members of staff and a fully-fledged global business. Really? <laughs> yeah. Purely about the gut. Yes. Yeah. So all about... And I think as well, like, we, what, like, the main sort of fire in our belly was when we started to see, we to see the link. <laughs> all, all the puns. All right. the puns galore. Got in touch. Um, <laughs> got them all. But the links in gut health and mental health was the thing that really... Like when we found out around 90% of serotonin is actually produced in your gut, the happy hormone, when I was like wow, like this is going to open doors to a lot of mm-hmm. new things for everyone. And also where we were from in Scotland, like our dad died of a heart attack in his 50s. And I feel like if he knew half the stuff that we knew now, then he'd still be here. Yeah. And I think there was a bit of, God, this stuff's really interesting. And if it stops our pals doing the cabbage soup diet. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? We did it pre-Magaluf 2005. Oh, did you have the farts? Um, we had oh, the farts. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> I think we ended up putting tomato ketchup in it just to taste a bit better. I feel like that probably can't yeah. get Oh my God, to totally. Yeah. And then we went and drank like 14 litres of vodka over two weeks. So it was like so pointless. So again, yeah. you changed your uh, gut. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Even age 16 or whatever age we were. We pickled it, basically, I think. Um, so we yes. don't condone underage drinking, no, by the way. No, no, no. We were no. in my before. Um, 
<laughs> was there a reason why the mental health part of it, uh, like, you know, jumped out at you? Was it a personal thing or was it just because... Yeah, so when I've suffered with mental health issues in the past, and Alana hasn't, um, and this is purely anecdotal, by the way, but Alana's gut was in a lot better shape than mine. Her, the diversity of all the bacteria in her stomach was a lot higher. I also moved to London five years before, so there was kind of a bit of an environmental thing, but I was in the priory for severe OCD right. um, when I was 21, I think, and anxiety. And I think just throughout of our kind of childhood, I've always had more mental oh, okay. health issues than Alana. So you have and you haven't had any. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everyone suffers yeah. from anxiety in some shape or form. I think it's, it's a spectrum, but certainly not as extreme as as Lisa's was. And I think it got to a stage with you that you it was in, it was inhibiting everyday life. And I think mm-hmm. that's when you can really start to, you have to take action. Yeah. But even just, you know, mental health plays such a huge part in all our lives now because we all go 110 miles an hour we all live in flight of fight or flight mode we don't give ourselves we always we always think that business means to be busy and we just put so much pressure on ourselves and i think we all need to start thinking about mental health as a whole like a whole package and i think before like we always just thought of like health as not being ill and yeah. well-being is just something that Gwyneth Paltrow talked about <laughs> um, crazy yeah yeah two eggs and all that yeah. uh, nonsense but yeah and i think we we always as well thought that we our head was something completely different from what happened to our body so if we mm-hmm. broke our arm you just be like oh i broke my arm and if uh, mental health was just all in the brain and i think now that seeing health as like an all-round picture is like a really interesting way of looking at it yeah um, I think as well, it, like it was kind of like in terms of like waves of trends with what people are interested in. Like it's amazing now that mental health's getting all the attention that it deserves, and that's down to people like you. But it kind of it went from like heart health to mental health, to, and now gut health is a yeah, sort of new thing coming out. When actually we should be thinking about all of these things together. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, it's quite overwhelming. Like you'll know as well, like when you're trying to get your mental health back on track, it's like, right, Citalopram, CBT, blah, blah, and you try everything at once. And it's like, actually, that approach can be equally as detrimental because it's just that kind of perpetual cycle of trying to find things you just kind of want to be fixed. And it should be about Mm -hmm. introducing things and thinking about it as a longer-term, more holistic thing. And it's exactly the same thing as dieting. We all Mm -hmm. go on crash diets or we take out wheat and dairy and fun <laughs> anything nice yeah, yeah exactly or anything yeah. that we enjoy and then that takes that becomes so stri- more stressful which then is like perpetuates that cycle again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just think of diet and like you're probably the same as us like growing up in that sort of like working class environment diet is like something you did two weeks before your holiday yeah and, it wasn't, yeah. and it wasn't something that this overall lifestyle and the amazing thing about gut health is it's different if you've got a gut health issue, but it's about adding things rather than taking things away and restricting lots of things. So that's the thing as well, that we were like, this is something that we can get on board with. And actually, because it's linked to so many things and overall health, everyone should be starting to to think about the gut. So with that in mind, then, what's your diet like? Is it something you think about a lot? We are very just m- talk about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're very much 80-20 on the, on the diet front, I would say. Or, yeah, like... It, even our it. team, like, we've got a team of nutritionists and dietitians in the office with us. And, like, even little things, like, it's not... I mean, it's a lot, obviously a lot about what you eat, but how you eat. So eating mindfully, like, in our office, we all sit down and have lunch together, for example. Oh, yeah, And I think that's important, like, to, like, 
chew your food properly, eat mindfully, like sit down and tell your body that it's ready for digestion. Because I think that a lot of the time, particularly in Western culture, we run around having a sandwich on the go and we're constantly in fight or flight mode. So that there's kind of, without getting too sad and say like the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, like if you are, if your body's in stress mode, all your blood is obviously going around trying to fight the boar or whatever it is like back in the day that's what it would have been doing and we're expecting our bodies to digest food whilst it's in that fight or flight mode and it's just never going to happen so I think that's one of the things and then diet wise I mean we still have McDonald's at 3am if we're drunk like it's not <laughs> of course I'd be disappointed if you do yeah. Yeah. chicken nuggets 3am yeah. always but I think the main thing for us is like the processed food thing so like when we talk about the microbiome, by the way, the, um, the microbiome is basically all the pathogens, viruses and bacteria in and around us. And the reason we, when we talk about it, we talk about gut health is because most of them are housed in our gut. And all these bacteria are so important, like to, we can get onto the mental health bit, but they, they do so many jobs and night shift in, in your gut. And they're just really, really important. And they outnumber your human cells just. Um, they thought it was 10 to 1, but now it's more like 1.3 to 1. So they're really important. And when we eat processed food, it basically stifles all the good bacteria in your gut and lets the bad ones kind of roam free. Mm-hmm. And like, I also think a good kind of, I mean, it's a very sensationalised example, but Tim Spector, the scientist that we do the research with, he put his son on the McDonald's diet for two weeks. But he only had to eat McDonald's. And obviously at first, same as us, he was like, yes, only have to eat McDonald's. And actually his... Uh, that was about four years ago and his microbiome still hasn't recovered. So there's some oh, of the really? bacteria that he lost still hasn't come back. So when you look, obviously that's one person and quite an extreme thing. Yeah. But when you think about all the like emulsifiers and preservatives and stuff that are in the food that we eat, if that's preserving the food to have a long self life, think what's doing to all the living stuff in our gut. Mm-hmm. And it does kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. I think as well, like... It's hard to get away from though, because all the supermarkets nowadays, a lot of it's processed because it's got to have shelf life. Yeah. So we, I've just tried to more just cook more stuff at home, and I'm not an angel. I'll still grab a sandwich sometimes mm-hmm. for lunch, but I think tipping that balance into doing it more often than not is key. And then adding fermented foods, so things like sauerkraut, kombucha, kimchi. What the hell is that? <laughs> Everyone goes. Our mum's like. Oh, that stuff makes me gag. I'm not having that. It makes me gag. But sourdough's fermented, so that can be like your entry level fermented foods. Right. Um, sourdough bread. But but people have been eating these sort of things for ages, and now you go into supermarkets and they're charging six quid for it, and it's like it's cabbage in a jar. Right. Let's be serious. Sourdough <laughs> is literally cabbage in a jar, and kombucha is like fermented tea. So we've started to swap that for like diet cokes sort of thing. So it's like a fizzy right. drink. But it's good for your gut. Does um, it actually taste got, nice? Yeah, it does. And there's a few of them out there now that actually do. Like, if you make it yourself at home, it's quite pungent. Yeah, the ones that you can <laughs> buy, you, the ones that you can buy, actually taste all right. Right. Yeah. And then the other kind of simple one is fibre. So like fibre is kind of like like the unsexy hero of (laughs) nutrition. (laughs) No one talks about it. It's like grandads and prunes. That's what you think about. Like when we first first were going through the research, we were like, what do you mean like all bran? And they were like, yeah, sort of. Um, (laughs) But fibre basically bulks your stool. So like bulks your poo. But also it feeds the good bacteria in your gut as well. So it's got like a kind of double pronged use and we only eat about half the recommended daily intake of fibre and it's easy it's like something we already have you just got to really be having more mm. of it but we just thought it was like cereals but it's in all fruit and veg yeah. um whole grains all that sort of thing so it is easy to get in when you know 
So is it the good and bad bacteria then that affects your mental health or what is it about your gut then that affects it? So there's a thing called the vagus nerve, which is essentially like a... Vegas. Vegas as in Las Vegas. (laughs) That's what we said, we were like, oh, do you mean like Las Vegas? No, no, it's V-A-G-U-S. That was our very first question. (laughs) (laughs) And basically that's the kind of motorway system that runs from your brain to your gut. And before they thought that was a one-way system. So, for example, when we're nervous, we get butterflies in our stomach, like gut instinct, all that sort of thing. But now science is starting to emerge that that's actually a two-way system. So what's going on in your gut can travel back up to your brain. Mm -hmm. And there's a bit of your brain called the amygdala, which is the bit of your brain that basically shows how emotions can affect you. And there's new research coming out to show that your gut microbiome can influence that. So if that's not working properly or it's overactive, then it can increase anxiety. So we've got a new big campaign out with Anxiety UK. We've got a series of infographics and stuff talking about the relationship between gut health and mental health. Also, like, your gut produces loads of, like, serotonin, dopamine, Mm -hmm. GABA. GABA. What does GABA Um, do again? It's the one, so we've got this in all our infographics, but, like, dopamine obviously gives you, like, when you're exercising the kind of, High oh, five, right. whoops. Or when and you get a like on Instagram. Entirely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And serotonin's like your happy hormone. So yeah, and it, the, when you think like they're all producing your gut, then it's got to be functioning properly in order for that to happen. And then also like stress, you produce lots of cortisol when you're stressed and that can like, without getting too sciencey and biological, but that can basically affect like the blood flow and stuff to your gut and affect the bacteria and how they produce things and how like the balance of good bacteria and bad bacteria happens. The thing about mental health and food is that mental health is obviously, as you know, multifactorial. Mm-hmm. And it's, very, it's a difficult message to say, like nutrition is one part of that. So it's quite a difficult message to talk about it, nutrition in isolation because you can't just go... Have some sourdough and you'll cure your depression. It's like, <laughs> and I, as much as a load of tabloids would love for that to happen yeah. in the way, and a lot of a lot of the studies as well that are coming out have been done on mice. So again, oh, unless you're difficult. Mickey Mouse, you're oh. so there's more studies needed in humans, but like all of the scientists that we spoke to, including like immunologists, because sixty percent of your immune system is housed in your gut. So when you think like everyone just thinks that taking supplements and things on top of it. It's going to help, but actually, when you think about your gut, it's like it's the main gateway from the outside in. Mm-hmm. So it's like what we put in it really affects us. And what we found out, we went to go and speak to um, like epigeneticists. Easy for you to say with my braces. They talk about like genetics because basically you can mutate your DNA through what you eat. So right. what you eat affects your kids and your grandkids, and that's what's passed down. Don't tell me that. I know. I mean, well, that's like, rude. That's like, well, that's the thing where we like don't shout about it too much because it could be overwhelming. Like, yeah. and you just like feel. I think parents feel guilty as it is for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just everything. I ate so much fruit and nut while I was pregnant with my first kid. He's screwed, mate. I mean, <laughs> I mean, anything, it's not fruit and nuts anything in it. to get you through pregnancy. <laughs> Honestly, it's got a lot of our, in it, right? Yeah, and nuts are really good source <laughs> of fiber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great, right. so I'll just add that to my list of anxieties, guys. <laughs> but fair, dark chocolate is very good for your gut. Yeah, but Do- it's so rubbish compared to dairy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, as you, well. You've got the fruit and nut in there, two out of three. Yeah. Two out of the three things right. in a fruit and yeah. nut. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. No, no, no. Yeah, so that's. And now they're like, they are using mindfulness and yoga 
for the treatment of IBS and things like that. So I think it's all starting to come. Mm. The difficult thing is, is like getting the message over, like we said, without scaremongering people, mm. but also with enough urgency that it's like, guys, could we start? like listening to this because honestly our diets when we were growing up were shocking like my granny used to make us mince sandwiches deep fried mince sandwiches I'm like I don't even know how I would do that <laughs> for lunch we gen- genuinely would have a chip roll a Greg softy and a pick a mix every and a sausage roll for our break every single day <laughs> and 10 facts yeah well. exactly oh, perfect diet <laughs> horrendous exactly. horrendous um, which I think and I think the problem now is people are restricting all of these things without actually needing to like because it's worked for one person on Instagram mm, and everyone's yeah. copied them like, oh I jumped on the celery don't you oh did, did you yeah sorry mate sorry yeah. to burst that bubble <laughs> um yeah, and it, like yeah, it's like everything. And like the whole everyone's scared of gluten now. Actually, the percentage of people that are actually intolerant to gluten is so so small. Mm-hmm. But we all just think, and actually, a lot of the things that are in gluten free like products are worse for you than they're full the of gluten. other stuff. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. and there's a difference um, between allergies and intolerances as well. And I think that, and all these intolerance tests will have one advice: we will please do not waste your money on all of that nonsense. It. Oh, there's I've done no it way. Twice, yeah. <laughs> there's no way that it's they like you're know. allergic to wine. Oh, I'll just do it again. I'll do it again. And do you know the reason that I, all that stuff up because it's stuff comes up. It's because it's stuff that you've eaten. Yeah. So it's basically stuff that you've eaten in the past two days. They go, "All oh, right, you're allergic to that because that's because it's in your bloodstream." Or they base it on inflammatory markers, which I don't know how that is like some warped science. If anyone has found a test that works, please do let us know. But we've got a team but, of scientists, and none of them. Have and when we get ours done, we have to get like stool tests blood tests like there's so many different tests they do on us to be able to say what like we've just done one that so basically when your blood sugar levels spike that mm. means it sh- should sort of means mean. that that can mean that that specific food is bad for you but like i was spiking at bananas and you would think that was good for you but yeah. personally for me it's not and that's like the really difficult message is when people start to learn about gut health they're like right what do i need to do and you're like there is some, obviously, the top tips are like the fibre, fermented foods, variety. variety. So having as much different fruit and vegetables as you possibly can. But it is so personalised. Like if, if Lisa and I can't be have the same diet, then no one can. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about tuning into your body. And I think that we've all lost the ability to do that because unless we're hungover or we're yeah. ill, we rarely just tune in and go, actually, how am I feeling? This episode of Open Mind is brought to you by Very.co.uk. New toys have landed at Ferry. Find all the toys everyone's talking about, including Barbie, LOL dolls and Frozen. Go to Very.co.uk and shop now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have you found that being identical twins, that that's kind of hindered or helped your mental health? Obviously, maybe at different stages in your life. Or, Definitely. Or I, think, I think we're a psychiatrist's dream. Identical yeah, twins, oh, yeah. literally. Yeah, I went actually to go and start counselling again last week because I had like a, I had a bit of a break and then I was just like, you know, you can feel it all build up again. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to just get back and get back Gosh, on that saddle. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, yeah, you could just see her sort of rubbing her hands when I said, that was identical twin. Like, yes, minefield. But I think as well, like, we were brought up with our cousins who are, there was four of us under four. So okay. it's very difficult to separate, like, what was because we were twins. And we never wanted to work together. Like, and did you, do you have any other siblings? No. No, no so it is mom, just yeah. you two. My mum was, like, ready to have three and then we came along and she lived in, like, a top yeah, four no, tenement yeah, flat at 27. And she was like, yeah. No, thank you. No. They are more than enough. But yeah. what I hear she used to like, so there was four of us, like when my cousins were there, and she, like top four flats, she used to run up with a baby, like a single baby each time and put us all in the flat one at a time. I'm oh like, my goodness. we four all know now about stuff, eh? And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, were there times where you didn't get on or I don't know like... yeah we went to different unis so I oh, went to uni you? in Scotland and Lisa went and like, we, we didn't want to work together at all even at school like we were in separate classes at primary school at high school we took like the complete opposite ends of yeah because I know I've, my godchildren are twins and really? um, one of my one of my really good friends has got twins and it is that thing at school where they're like do we put them together in the same class or do we separate them it's yeah. always like yeah. such a conundrum yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We it was so many phone calls from people that are like that are having twins being like hiya my friend's friend is having twins could she give you a ring I'm like I have give my mum a ring exactly yeah. old mother Max she yeah. knows. Um, but I think it was good for us because we had different pals like we were able to and then when I moved to London I think that was probably actually the start of my mental health I mean it was the start of my mental health mm. ones, but I think there was a bit of I was only 17 I'd only been to London once before like I went to drama school which is like the worst environment for that mm. and yeah and I think probably being apart from Milano was the main it was like separation anxiety for quite a lot of it How did you find that you could help Lisa with Just talking about it really because I think we were very much brought up that you know even when dad died like we hardly really talked about it to each other um, I think it's just because you don't want to ma- see the other one upset. Mm. Um, and I think Lisa didn't really want to tell me about all her mental health issues. Cause, and we were so far apart because I think she didn't want to worry me. And then when you finally told us, came home and told us one Christmas, I was like, right, this is it. You need to speak about it when you're feeling like this. Mm. And I think that, that really helped. And we have that now. But we have to sometimes, it's difficult because when you work together, it's you, you just constantly talk about work. So we always try and schedule sister time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Was she talk shocked stuff like that. when she first told you all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, because we didn't see we didn't see any of the symptoms. You know, when she skyped us, because that's what it was in those days. When she with skyped us with a headset, with a headset. Um, <laughs> she was just putting on an act like everything was absolutely fine. Mm. And um, so, yeah, we were super shocked. But you know, that was like God, thirteen years ago, and we were like, "What do you mean? What do you mean, mental health?" And mm-hmm. what did it, you know? It's like it was like so difficult for her to try and explain how she felt. Was, I think did you find it hard to understand? Yeah, I think as well, like with OCD. It's kind of a, people make a joke of it so much when terms like I'm OCD about tidying and most of this. So that's what people, and I didn't actually have compulsions as part of it. So it wasn't like I was washing or having lots of things. It's so just like more like obsessive thoughts. No, right. no, no. It was like obsessive thoughts. So I think, and it was obviously like a safety thing. So I kind of thought that I was going to be attacked at some point. So I would basically like hold myself up in the house and not leave for like six days right. when it was at its worst. Um, and was there anything that triggered that or not? It was just. Yeah, I mean, I think there was probably like, I mean, it was so irrational that mm. I don't, you can't ever, they always it's are. always art, yeah. yeah. So I don't think I would ever be able to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But I think it was probably like a safety thing. It was because I was out of control. Like mm. I was so young and living in a new city with no one that I knew. Um, and as well, like when I went to drama school, it was like, there was 12 of us in the class. Most other people I went to boarding school, they knew how good the school, I went to Central. So people knew how good the school was and stuff. And I was just sort of like, 
like tiny wee fish in a massive pond like mm. just from no one in our family we were the first to go to uni like no one's really done that before where we were from so you yeah it was like and it was difficult and I think that the main thing would tell on the family I just thought they were going to force me to come home right so and I think that you put on a brave face and, and you'll be the same I think having kids oh god that must be even worse when you put on a brave face but you are actually only lying to yourself and then when it eventually comes out and as well like you don't really want people to ask you questions about it like I just remember thinking I don't really want to be asked about it especially if you don't really understand exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly but I think and as well like with anxiety thing you just I think everyone has it to a great degree because like I have this thing where I have to check all the plugs in the house 20 million times before I leave mm. I'm like convinced the dog's going to jump up and put the cooker on himself and it's going to put the fire <laughs> on do you know what I mean like irrational thoughts like we all have them and I think like you do have to it's how you deal with them, I Yeah, suppose. exactly. And I think as well, you can't control what the world's going to do. Like, I remember when Dad died, everyone said to us, oh, you'll have no more sudden deaths in your life. That's it. You won't get that phone because my dad died of a heart attack. And I was like, oh. all right, yeah. And then I was like, obviously, because my whole thing was not being in control yeah. and people dying. So when so Dad did died, I was like... from that? Or was that no, before, before that? No, Yeah, oh. so when Dad died, I was like, oh, of course he has. Yeah. And then, like, three weeks ago, the same thing happened to my puppy. And I was like, oh, my God. And then literally, I was telling my friend Michelle... Well, like two Fridays ago and we were sitting in this pub I mean it's comedy when you think about it and I was saying when we got a phone call about Ralph I was like oh my god blah 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 and this pigeon literally fell out of the sky and died on the pavement right <laughs> and I was like this is not happening I was like is this the Truman Show I was like what's going on do you feel safe around her yeah, yeah I, know. I was oh like god, I am really cursed that. I'm like and now but obviously it, these things are random and mm. but we check but pigeons. it's the way your brain goes isn't it oh, so, totally. like, so now for you it's like confirmed you're like right yeah so all those things that I exactly. thought when I was younger like I had the same with roller coasters Mm-hmm. I would never go on them. And I always used to say, well, what if they fall off or what if they crash? And then mm-hmm. Smiler happened. And, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. it's happened quite a few times. And I'm like, I told you. Yeah, I told yeah, you all. Yeah, yeah. It took about yeah. 20 years, but I knew it. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah, right. Yeah. And I think as well, I think that's why counselling and stuff helped because it picked, that's why that, I mean, literally when the pigeon fell on the floor, that's when I was like, okay, and we're going back to counselling. Because I was like, I know my brain will keep just. What was going wrong there. with the pigeon? Honestly, right. So my friend just came to meet us and he does like clay pigeon shooting and stuff and I was like could you tell me what happened with this pigeon please (laughs) and it was still like on the ground and he was like genuinely that's just falling out the sky because it didn't hit a window or anything it literally had just fallen out the sky had a heart attack and fell out the sky I was like okay but yeah so totally random but I'm like picked up the phone Rang the therapist yeah, and was like, yeah. I need to come back. If anyone Coming wants in. the opening scene of a sitcom, you can have it. Just give me 10% royalties. <laughs> <laughs> what made you then go into the Priory? What point? So I, mum and dad, for some reason, had private health care. They both worked for like standard life insurance. So I think as part of that, they right. got it. And yeah, I remember going to my doctor and just being like, hey, I haven't left the house for quite some time. Mm. And uh, yeah, as well, I had a thing like body dysmorphia with my arms. So I hadn't had my arms out for a year and a half. And you don't realise until someone sits you down and goes, hiya. And I mean, my arms were absolutely fine. Of course yeah. they were. Um, but I our just, dad used to say, "What when she used to come home for Christmas and that, what have you come dressed as? Because I'd just be like all covered all up. All these layers. Yeah, <laughs> all these layers. Um, yeah. And then when I went, I was an outpatient at the Priory, but it was amazing. I was only there for like a couple of months. Mm. Um, so you I was just, just go once a week. Yeah. And I think when you're there, you get quite a lot of perspective on like a lot of the other people that had OCD were inpatients and, and they were there getting a lot of group therapy and mm. stuff. And I think it was actually good for me to see that although I felt like my symptoms were very extreme, which of course they were, and the, the grand scheme of things, like it was quite good for me to see that 
actually there was a lot of people here my age that needed help as well like and a lot of people there were the same age as me in their 20s tw- yeah like that's early what 20s, i said getting yeah. OCD and you're like oh yeah yeah yay. do you think you're going to go in there and it's going to be like like loads of people with really extreme things or because i think the pride as well is kind of like glamorized a bit oh like, totally yeah it's like the one everyone knows about yeah, yeah. it's almost like oh you've been in the pride cool yeah exactly and you're like <laughs> like it's a retreat yeah, yeah you're exactly. like a celeb yeah 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 <laughs> and i think when i got there i was like oh it's actually quite normal and then there's a guy called dr david veal there who like, is specialist in ocd and he did like my first thing and i actually think one of the things that helped me was seeing it all written out in a really clinical way that's exactly the same as me so i always say once yeah. They'd explained to me in a medical way mm-hmm. what was happening to my body with my anxiety and with my depression. I was like, oh, okay, so I'm not crazy. I mean, I am. Yes. But, like, there it's is a, a reason. Yeah, yeah, rather than just feeling completely out of control. And then I was like, okay, I can kind of understand it yeah. all now. Yeah. And that's so interesting you say it because I'm exactly the yeah. same. And it, you, it helps you sort of dissociate, dissociate yourself with it because it's like you obviously react with, in a really mm. emotional way to it. And I think, like, just all got a bit... When you put it in that context, like when I went to go and see the council last week, I was like, so my dad died and then my dog died and I run my own business and we're about to close an investment round. And it's all, and she was like, this is all really stressful things. Like that's all, like all of these things in quick succession is not, not like that's like difficult things to go through. And I was like, oh yeah, so it is. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> go me. Um, and is that a new therapist then? then? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You don't have one that you stick with. Well, I did, but. Yeah, she went away on sabbatical. Oh, what a cow. <laughs> I know. I was like, hello, can I, come back. Can I call you? Are you having fun? Um, can I WhatsApp video you? Yeah, exactly. Skype, Skype, no? But sometimes I think it's quite good to... Although I went to one once and she was like, yeah, she was just too... I mean, it depends what... Like, I quite like someone that's quite emotionally driven, like more like a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist who's going to like sort of when they say back to you oh well that's very whatever like the names and stuff I quite like to be able like feel comfortable and talk about things no it's gone (laughs) sorry (laughs) I didn't want you to say something good okay (laughs) but I think as well everyone should go to therapy or counselling as just as standard yeah I you know what it's funny because it's so like, we've always said oh it's so American like mm-hmm. I remember like back in the oh the Americans you know it's like a joke isn't yeah. it oh my I'll therapist my says yeah I'll my, my shrink. shrink yeah and like I think they kind of have a good thing going because it is true like everyone as you say everyone suffers in their own mm-hmm. little way a little bit and it, it is so like you can have these thoughts in your head for so long and then you go and say it out loud and you're like yeah, that's really quite stupid. I've been yeah. telling myself that for months. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So and you need to say it out loud to go, yep, so that doesn't really make a huge amount of sense. Yeah. And you're like, and the thing is, and as well, like you, Alana's like, yeah, I don't need that, blah, blah. The explosions that she has. <laughs> I'm like, eh, like when dad died, Alana was like, I just completely pretended it wasn't happening for like a year and just right. like, smoked one million cigarettes and didn't speak to anyone and played Candy Crush for a year. Perfect. Um, yeah. You know I was like, this that's is how I'm life. dealing... I used to go to DJ sets and just remember thinking, this is not real life. Like, what, Why are you all being happy? Stop yeah. being happy. And then Alana was like, fine, 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 fine. Organised all the funeral, like, amazing. And then one night, she just literally exploded, like, Bride of Chucky. Oh. And, like, red wine everywhere. <laughs> Sick red wine, phoning everyone, like, rah, And I was like... Oh, just anger, pure it, anger. It was like... You've, you've puked. A puke tank. Yeah, I, like, I got really drunk. Oh, right. Um, and then it just all came out. I look quite literally like the bride of Chucky. Really? <laughs> just And just like pure anger at the world. Mm-hmm. Absolute anger. And is that um, how you deal with things in general? Yeah, probably. Of? Yeah. Mm. 
quite extreme. And I remember, like, I got married, like, two years after Dad died. And I just remember sometimes just being so angry. Like, when we used to go to weddings and their dad was walking them down the aisle and I would be furious. Mm-hmm. Like, actually furious. And then, like, my husband would just say, like, do you want to stop? Lay off the drink. Then I'd just be like... Okay, so I think that's just my way of doing it. I definitely do need to go to counselling. Like for, I think I'm in your camp. Like I think everyone should go and talk mm. through things. But I think um, anyone who's lost a parent, yeah. I mean, I, I'd say you should probably yeah. give it a go. Yeah, yeah I should go. Yeah, um, I will. I will. <laughs> I will do it one day. Just make I'll sure they're not going to go on sabbatical about not going. Yeah, no, I genuinely don't know. I think it's. I think I'm scared to go. You're scared to kind of open. Unra- the box, yeah, yeah, and unravel it all. Um, and it's weird. Yeah, like, look, I want his husband is really open about everything like that. Like, he, he speaks about it loads and, yeah. yeah he suffers bad with anxiety. So does he um, see a therapist? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. he loves it. He gets excited to go. <laughs> he absolutely loves it. <laughs> he loves it. Um, and then he'll come home and tell me everything that's happened and it really genuinely does help him. So you're surrounded um, by I know, people yeah. that are close to you that do it. I know, yeah. You refu- right, I know, this is... I know. I it's interesting to... as well, like, the alcohol thing, because yeah. I've noticed, like, when I... It, like, when, obviously, like, alcohol... Red wine, good for your gut, by the way. Uh, well, it's not. Oh, high that's why you were drinking it. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's actually, in fact. Yeah, it's meant to be a, a medicinal glass, not uh, yeah. <laughs> three <laughs> bottles. Yeah, but I've noticed that there is things, there's so many different things that play a part, like caffeine hmm. and alcohol. Like, we are just like, our moods are so artificial. Now, we bit like caffeine to bring you up, alcohol to bring you down. I just think we stopped it for a month. Um, well, alcohol I, and caffeine, or? well, and, oh, everything. And fun, everything. We basically anything had, fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had oh. to go on this gut makeover thing, and uh, for like a month, and we had like it wasn't you weren't allowed sugar grains, like literally infant. I was actually dating this architect at the time. We don't talk this last, and Luke was like, "You do know he's beige," and I was like. No, it's not. It's great. And then when I started drinking again, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe it is. Um, <laughs> bless him. Um, he's married now for babies. At the time of his life. Um, he's happy. Someone else can have him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I realised, like, actually how, like, I was getting up at six in the morning and being like, yay, and just, like, sort of, I realised how much alcohol and caffeine was really affecting my moods. Mm. Um, that's why, like, as well, like, it really helps with gut stuff side of it like knowing the science behind anxiety I think really helps yeah well it helps me a lot with it because you know if you've been drinking you wake up with more in that pure fear I've like, never had that oh really not? oh my no. god lucky Amy you are lucky I don't but think that, I drink enough well exactly I come on a night out was no. <laughs> exactly oh no oh no, no that's the thing you. like and that's the like knowing the science behind that I'm like that's why I'm feeling anxious I actually didn't do anything terrible last night it's scientifically why I'm feeling anxious and I just need to drink more water. Um, <laughs> I also think yeah. like with the nutrition part of mental health, like it's something that, another thing that's within our control. So like obviously with mental health, and if you're going to see someone, you'll be given tools to try and help you to deal with it, particularly with CBT. But like nutrition is something that we can all control. Like we control as much as we don't think we do what we put in our bodies and what we don't. And I think that's actually a really empowering thing. Like, yeah, it can be really scary and confusing when people say, that's got artificial things in there or whatever. Mm. Well, that's over-processed. But actually, it's really cool that we, we've we got access to what, any food that we want. So cool, man. Do that. <laughs> it's really 
really rare. <laughs> so cool, man. So cool, man. I do think, though, sometimes for me, it's having that control rather than like, so I started doing some intermittent fasting and I was like, oh, I feel great. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't know if it is actually the fasting that's making me feel good or it's the fact that I just feel like I've taken some sense of control instead of just every time I feel shit going to the cupboard and eating a bit of chocolate that's not going to make me feel any better. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I love fasting. It makes me feel better. Really? Yeah. Um, I was going to ask your opinion on yeah. fasting. Yeah. Um, I fast all, a lot of the time. And there's a lot of science back in the fasting is actually but good. But again, you, but they a don't lot have of science has been done on mice, mice, and they don't have long the long term effects of it. So mm. especially with women, they're now starting to find that fasting affects our hormones. Um, so basically, if you've got like thyroid thyroid issues as well, you should probably like avoid fasting. But for some reason, like for some people, if you do it and it makes you feel good, go for gold. Like there's no, I think a lot of the studies have been done around fasting and weight loss. Which can be quite misleading because obviously if you're eating within a smaller time frame, you're probably going to eat less, so you're going to lose weight. Yeah. So it's difficult. Although I did it for three weeks, I lost no weight. Yeah, <laughs> I was raging. I was like, lose me. I was like, I've not even lost half a pound. <laughs> How do you not even lose half? I was raging. Then I was like, right, great, I'm not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. Um, I, what would be your like takeaway tip? for maybe for you on how mm-hmm. to deal with someone with mental health and then for you mm-hmm. for helping your mental health? I think thinking about it scientifically, you know, and just conversation. I think mm-hmm. opening up the conversation and just being there for someone really and talking about it and not thinking. I think I think you have to, if you're experiencing it with someone, I think you're the one that has to bring up the conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so important to do that, just checking in and asking how, you're, how they're feeling really. Mm-hmm. I think obviously like mine's the same as everyone else's like go and get help if you think that you need it and if that's not maybe for you then make sure you're scheduling time to sit down and think about where you're at and and all that sort of thing I just think we never do that and we don't and if you don't want to go and speak to a professional about it then find someone like a twin sister (laughs) (laughs) to to talk about it too because it's important and and also just read up on everything that you can it's very difficult obviously when you're in the, it's difficult. Like I wish I could give advice when I'm in the thick of it. Yeah, like, you, you know you what I mean. You and you can't. Yeah. So it's difficult. It's always good or fine to give advice in retrospect, but that might, might not be the advice that I would give if I was in mm. full swing. But for now, that would be it. It's like go and seek help because mm. there's loads more out there than there was even five years ago. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, gut health for me has been like my new journey. So I was really excited to talk to you guys. I mean, you said a lot of words that I didn't understand. And you told me a lot of foods that I'm supposed to eat that all sound disgusting. But I will try and give it a go. And my takeaway from this is go see a therapist. Yes, I will. I will. I'll report back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, girls. Thanks. This episode of Open Mind, the podcast, was sponsored by very.co.uk.